Hometown Glory, your Spurs and Culture podcast. I'm Rosa and I've got Sam with me and I'm also so delighted to welcome back Lauren because today, my friends, North London is ours. On Saturday afternoon at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Spurs women finally beat Arsenal and honestly, I don't think I've ever been prouder of this club. You better believe we're going to cherish every single moment of this historic event and if you've got time, I guess we'll check in on what the men did too. Uh, Lauren, you and I were both there. At full time, I was weeping, and I'm pretty sure you were too. Yeah, it was just like, it was just an incredible feeling. Like, this, uh, as soon as that whistle went, it was just like the pride just like just rushes through your body, and you're, it was just kind of like, I can't believe we've done it. It was like pride, disbelief, kind of like just happiness, and then the place was just going crazy. Like, it was. Um, it was just a real special moment. And I think it was really nice, obviously, that we were kind of able to kind of be there and witness it through with our own eyes because, there's, you know, there's been <laughs> many painful North London derbies in the past. So to actually kind of get to get over the line, um, yeah, it was just so proud of like, I'm so proud of that team like it was just it was it was it was really emotional like we were it just ran like we were, everyone was just hugging each other like it was honestly it was it was incredible I didn't know what to do with myself like for context for people who don't know um this is now Spurs women's fifth season in the WSL um Arsenal have won, have been in it longer that, you know, whatever credit to the club, I guess, for, you know, getting on board early and putting loads of money in and creating a really, really good team. They've won the title several times um, and we have never, ever, ever beaten them. We have, we, the best we've ever done is, is one draw. <laughs> That's it. And that was what, three seasons, two, three seasons ago. Yeah, like it. Yeah, it wasn't last season, so it was at least the season before. And we've usually been thumped, and we were coming off the back of two serious league defeats um, to Man City and Man United. Um, aggregate score eleven nil. We had we had actually played Arsenal um, in the week before that in the Conti Cup, and we had drawn with them three all, and then we'd gone on to lose on penalties but because the Conti Cup is weird we get one point for drawing and they got an extra point for winning on penalties so I feel like that that gave us sort of a slight sense of optimism didn't it going into this game but then I didn't but then also extra fear I feel like because we didn't know if I felt like it would give us confidence but also possibly give them the sense that oh no that you've had you've had your fun children and now we're going to you know really show up. So they rested a lot of their players obviously for the midweek game and the team the 11 that played on Saturday was if was barring one change I think the same 11 that had beaten Chelsea 4-1 the weekend before right I think it was just Freedom Marnham for Kim Little, I believe. Oh, for Kim Little, yeah. 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 Um, and we have pretty much played our same 11. Um, couple of enforced changes. 
because our first choice midfield is is in classic Spurs fashion broken. So um, Ramona Petzelberger and Kit Graham came into midfield. Kit Graham normally a number ten, correct? Uh, she was playing as a defensive mm. midfielder. And the biggest shout was um, Barbara Botakova in goal instead of Becky Spencer, which seems was seemed a little harsh because I think she because Becky has done brilliantly, but at the same time she had also shipped eleven goals. And Barbara Botakova had been playing in the League Cup and had played in that draw at Arsenal in the week, so she made her league debut. Um, guys, what did you think of the lineup? I mean, we didn't really have a lot of choice. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for me, I, I, well, I covered both lineups. I think off the back of Conti Cup, I was there thinking, God, Arsenal—they're going to play their strongest eleven. Um, they would have fresher legs, mm-hmm. and then I saw our lineup and saw our midfield, and I was thinking, we this is an experimental midfield. Like Petzelberger is a winger by trade, and mm-hmm. and she was almost playing like an eight. Um, so it was kind of like, well, this is either going to go really well or this is going to go um, terribly. Um, and yeah, I think with Becky, um, obviously, the, the, well, the last kind of couple of performances were poor performances by the whole team, but I think she did have a, a couple of kind of bad games. So, but I think as a goalkeeper, to have the temperament to come into a team of the magnitude that it was a North London derby to make your debut. I just think um, Barbara, she carried it so well as well. She did. It seemed she wore it so lightly, right? She was just like, it wasn't quite like swagger, but there was just something about it. It was just like, yeah, this is, this is where I deserve to be. You know, it didn't seem to praise her at all. Yeah, I think after the match, she was basically like, yeah, I've played in games like this before. And it was kind of like, yeah, this is like work for me (laughs) type thing. So I think, yeah, I think matchup wise, um, probably on paper, we looked like the far weaker team. But you know, credit to the whole team they they stuck in there and they understood the game plan. And I think what Robert did was understand what happened in the midweek, mm-hmm. how to make some tactical adjustments, not necessarily with personnel but actually tactically tweak what we were doing and what our setup looked like. And then I think, you know, we were much stronger defensively. And we also had our talismanic captain back. Sam, how did you feel seeing Bethany England back out there for us? So good. It's, uh, I imagine it's, this is what it's going to feel like when um, some of, you know, the likes of James Madison come back into mm-hmm. the event. Um, cause she's, she's got that aura and more, um, my God, like, yeah, what a difference she makes. Um, God, just like it's going through like some of those post-match videos and that, like seeing how like that, when they did that huddle, I'm sure you guys want to get to that in, in a yeah. same little bit when she's, um, screaming at him and, you know, getting everyone fired up. I'm just like got goosebumps. I'm like ready to run through brick walls for her. And like, this is the, um, the captain of our club, like just so proud to have her as, as our own, um, what a player, man. Oh, I'm getting tearful just, like, <laughs> just listening to you say this, Sam. Um, this is it, I think. The, the, that feeling, that overwhelming feeling of pride is the one that, like, I've, like, I think I'll just cherish forever, really, because it wasn't... 
it it wasn't it was a heroic performance i think but it wasn't a sort of desperate like backs to the wall we you know we're hoofing away um every ball that's coming to us it's like desperate clearances like we went out there with okay with the team with the team that we wouldn't necessarily choose to put out there but we was i felt like we were so well prepared and gradually i think we started off probably a bit you know scared and wobbly and you know, they the stadium was like there was a really decent turnout. I thought it was like almost twenty thousand. I think was the attendance, and they um, had an away end, and it was pretty packed. And I think their fans genuinely thought they were coming for like a great day out. And you know, just on that point, sorry to interrupt, but that's that is a that's some turnout as as a Spurs fan, knowing how that game could well have panned out. Yes, right? like that. It I was I was expecting the worst, and and I'm usually the guy that. <laughs> Is, yeah, you're uh, the most optimistic. <laughs> I know. I, I, know. I, I just like, uh, yeah, fair play to everyone that went out on on the day. Um, I would have been there if I could. I, I just, yeah, had had personal stuff I had to deal with and coming back from Nottingham the night before. But um, yeah, I take my hat off to everyone that was there because really good turnout. I think for me, and I'm sure for you as well, Lauren, is I just felt like we had to be there, and it, you know, we were just like, if it's gonna be bad, it, you know, we just. I felt like we owed it to them to be there. Yeah, I think what they've shown in the attitude and the change in approach this season is like, as a fan, we win with this team and we lose with this team. Um, and either way, you know, we believe in this team and, and we will be there. Um, I will also have to say, shout out to the club for having the trumpet. Um, because one thing I did, I, it's kind of there and you're looking at the away end and you're thinking, oh God, it's quite full. And they, and they were starting to sing. But I think having the trumpet and getting us into a coordinated chant then set the tone for what we needed to be as a fan base. And I actually think in terms of actual consistent singing, that's the best that I've seen um, and been a part of actually once since we've been to the stadium. And it was just nice for the for our women's team to receive the same treatment, um, which, yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's not... We've had more a North London derby before, but I think... Again, we, what we want is people who are who are connected, not just a nice day out to bring your kids. We want you to follow the team. This is a derby, and it, it felt like with the attendance that we had, people were there and they were, you know, they were in the in the game. Also, really cool to see um, the club store that they did a, a big um, push on all the the women's shirts as well, because apparently that was uh, not a thing at all last season. No, yeah, man, actually, so we've, we've complained about it so much. <laughs> yeah, I actually went in the club shop. Um, so did I. Yeah, I, and I, I went I afterwards. Generally... I was like, I'm commemorating the shit out of this day. And I went and I bought like a couple of sparkly t shirts for my kids. <laughs> we got the pictures. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it was actually, and, and then usually I found that if they do something, it's just like one player, but it, it generally felt like a women's match day. Um, so yeah, I think credit to the club for listening <laughs> to our complaints yeah. slash feedback um and actually making it it feel because at the end of the day matches like those create heroes um and, yes. and we should enable people to be able to get their heroes on the back of their shirts um they still need to do more than just the home kit but um we're getting there we really are and i do think things like having the away end as well. And I know that's a sort of, there's a move towards that in the WSL this season anyway. And I'm glad that we're part of that. I did wobble somewhat when I looked because I was sitting in the South and the, and the away end was um, down in the 
um, north. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, there's loads of them. <laughs> they're really noisy. Yeah, they that have does, a really good time. <laughs> and there were a few Arsenal fans like dotted around as well. Like I, I had an Arsenal family right behind me. Fortunately, the kid didn't seem that into it. And just mostly was just kept asking when there was going to be a Mexican wave. <laughs> and so there wasn't five. one which showed... There actually wasn't a Mexican wave. Yeah, there was really nothing, ever happens yeah. at women's games. People were on it. They were focused. They were there to watch the yeah. football. They're not just um, here to like, fantastic. oh, just have a nice day out. It was we were there properly for a game that really, really, really mattered. And I think, yeah, the atmosphere was relatively quiet. I think for a while, but gradually, and especially once we'd scored, and the tension, it genuinely started to feel like this is this is a North London derby, like this matters. And you could feel it going all around the ground and also like through the players. And what I think what I loved more than anything else is there was this moment and I don't, I'm not exactly sure when it was, but you could sense that they felt that they were making history, that they were going to make history and they didn't want to let this moment slide, but they weren't overwhelmed by it, you know? You can see they really wanted it and they fought for it. And it's so rare, I think, that you see teams kind of increase their focus throughout a game. Do you know what I mean? They just, they got sharper. They fought for every ball. But again, it wasn't chaos. It was coached, you know? It was proper. They were like, we've got a plan. We've got our goal. We are going to, we're not just going to defend this. We will try to play our way out and get another one if we can, if the moment's right. If it's not, we're not going to make any silly mistakes. They were just, they were like warriors out there, man. They were like Amazons, every last one of them. So it's like, it, I, like I loved seeing Bethany England come back, obviously, but she only played the first half because she's not fully fit, obviously. But it was all of them that day, right? You, know, you talk about him. Yeah. That, it was every single one of them. Absolutely. I think one of the, uh, I think it was Ash Neville's clearance towards the end when Beth mm-hmm. Mead had got free from goal. And I just, I mean, she made a phenomenal clearance. She she stops her connection with the ball. But I was thinking, for someone like Ash, who's been with this team through promotion, who who's who's committed, who, who, re- who spurs through and through, really understands what this means. You know, she was putting her body on the line. And I think she just epitomised the journey that we've been on. And I'm yeah. so happy with players like like Ash, like Kit, who are on the pitch and like part of it because they get it. They really get it. It's not just, a, oh, I, you know, I see Spurs as an up and coming club. I've just come here this summer. Like these these uh, these women have been there in the trenches. Um, yeah, and yeah. I'm just happy that that she was able to kind of be a part of it. And I think like you could see her kind of reactions, and she was trying to g up the crowd. I think they knew that we needed. Like we were there to carry them through it, which was really nice. And I think it's interesting if you talk about somebody like Kit Graham as well, who was basically out all of last season with an. She she did her race. Yeah, she right? she did, she did she did. I think she did her ACL and and her meniscus. She was out for more than a year. Yeah, um, and she yeah, came really, back really towards the end of last season, and it was like wonderful to see her back. And you know, you said this before, Lauren, and it's like. Obviously, Arsenal, like um, Beth Mead and Viv Mead have both done their ACLs and been out for a long time. And it's, you know, obviously it's great for them personally to come back. But the way that club talks about it, it's as if nobody, no other players has ever had that happen to them. It's, it's never happened to any other club. It's just like we literally on the pitch that day had one of our players who had been out for even longer. 
literally. And I think, it, uh, and like I said, yeah, credit to them and, and good for them that they're kind of recovered and play it. But yeah, I think the kind of the narrative around Arsenal's injury crisis last season, it's kind of like we also had four or five ACLs Mm-hmm. At, at one point and yeah we had Kit on the pitch Rhea came off the bench she battled back from her ACL Ellie Brazil yeah. was on the bench she, she's just come back from an ACL so I, I think um, the, the, the kind of the spotlight obviously doesn't come down to you know the, the smaller clubs so to speak down the league but I think you know we had players that were pushing themselves beyond their physical limit and had gone through the same journey uh, if not worse with kind of um, you know less kind of um, facilities and everything around them to help with their their recovery. So yeah, it's just and you know Kit was phenomenal. I've never I can't believe it. Until, man. I didn't even know she could play as a six until this week. Yeah, yeah she was unbelievable. Because um, I think you know when um, when Olga Artman got injured, I think we all kind of like fell to our knees. Like, how are we going to how how are we going to execute our game plan? And then when Without Evelina was like out her. as well, we were like, now we're done. Yeah, we're, we're finished. Our PR season. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and Kit was just, you know, she got on the ball. She was calm. Like, she just helped us kind of shift it from, from front to back. And, and even Ramona Petzelberger, she, you know, she got stuck in. I mean, and she missed, a, we don't know what injury she had, but she literally pretty much... We'll never know. We'll, we'll literally never know. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, you know, them two in particular, playing out of position in a game of that magnitude you just and you know they held their they're not just held their own they were really good I was just again it's just pride but look at our team look what Robert's creating like he you know he's seeing things that we you know managers in the past just haven't seen in these players yeah we're a proper proper unit and I think you know again we don't like to make too many comparisons between the men's and the women's teams but I do think he is creating something similar what Ange is is trying to do with the men which is get everybody involved right and we we win together we lose together we all try and play the same way um nobody is kind of frozen out basically so it means that when you have a game like this and you can have somebody like Kit come in and play in a position she doesn't play in and she is so committed to it and it's not it's not just that she's committed she does exactly what's asked of her and I think as well Having even though Beth didn't play that long, I think having her and Martha together, even if it didn't kind of produce the goals in that moment, I think the energy that they both bring together is something quite extraordinary, actually. They're both serious, serious footballers. Like they, they yes, are exactly. Yeah. Raw. I think just having them on the pitch together brings fear into to anyone that they're playing against. Um, yeah. Unreal players. Martha, man. Oh, my God. Can we talk about the goal for a minute? Can we please talk about the goal? First, before we do talk about the goal, I want to talk about what Robert said about the goal because he literally tweeted yesterday, like, GTP, show me how how Tottenham Hotspur should score a goal. And it's like the, the video of our goal. But it I is clicked on that perfect. tweet thinking that it was going to be like a yeah, fan account just that have just like dressed him up. No, it's him. Uh, it's him. It's, it's, <laughs> our, it's our dorky manager. We love him so much. <laughs> um, Sam, did you get to see that goal in the moment? Were you I watching when it, it happened? Uh, I like, I was, yeah, trying to VPN a, uh, a stream. <laughs> and, uh, 
I, I got the notification. I think, yeah, I got, I got the message and then um, flicked it on and played it back. And I was like, oh my days, this is goal of the season, men, women, all the age groups that that's, that's the pick of the bunch for me, at least Like you will not see a better put, put together goal than that. Lauren, talk us through it. Yeah. Do you know what? I think one of the things I really appreciate about Robert and he said it from the moment he starts, he's like Tottenham have an identity. I have an identity and we match. Mm-hmm. And I think he really understands what us as fans, what type of football that we want to see and what we really appreciate. And I just think Arsenal pressed us so high um, for pretty much the whole game. And to be as brave as we were, I think, on the ball. And it's the same for the for the men's team when we're playing out from the from the back under Andrew's system. To be as brave when you know that a team's pressing you really high, when you, you, you know that you, you've got kind of good opposition players. I just thought everyone was involved everyone kept calm and under pressure and, and it kind of like we tried to play out had to come back tried to play out had to come back and I think Grace Clinton who I, I don't know what we'll do if we don't get her on on a permanent I think her a bit her touch eventually when we kind of got it past Arsenal's forward players to kind of set the space out so she could kind of open the pitch up I just thought that yeah and, like I've watched that so many times and I don't even know how she does it. So we're just, we're trying to like play out from the back and it's taking a little mm. while. And then finally, is it Ash or is it Molly who passes to Grace? It's Ash. Ash puts Ash, it into her, right. yeah. So it goes Kit, Molly, Ash. And it kind of pings back and forth a few times, right? And then they finally get it out and then it goes to Grace. And she just sort of, I don't know if she's like turning her body at the same moment as like pinging it over to Martha. It's just like... The control, the vision, like the fearlessness, the confidence, like because she knew where she knew where Martha was going to be, and that's yeah. how you could see that this is what we've been training to. Mm-hmm. She knew Martha would would be there, like to the point that she she'd already she was doing the action. She didn't kind of get the ball, control it, and look up and think, "What am I going to do?" She 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 knew, and I think obviously Martha like slots it off to Celine and we have spoken about Celine Bizet for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put my stocks in early, like from her debut last yep. season, I was like, this is a serious technical player. She just needs to get used to the physicality of the, of the WSL. I think she's, she's paying you back now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, she, yeah, she's, she's fantastic. And I think also Jess Naz is unselfish run. Yeah. Because if Jess doesn't make that run, then woman Y just stays where she is. And she's then that space doesn't Arsenal open up. Players with her. Yeah. 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 And I think, and then Celine does a little fake, which causes um, Catley to, she's on, she's on the wrong foot. And I just think such a well put together goal. Like it is, I would like, I, I would say that like Barcelona women are, are, are at the moment, like the pinnacle of kind of a women's football team. If they had scored that goal in the Champions League, it would be everywhere. It would be yeah. absolutely everywhere. It's, it's a phenomenal goal to go from back to front against one of the best pressing teams um in the league like it it it's it, 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 and to do that in, in a north london derby like every like it just feels like it doesn't matter what you look at whether it's bbc sky whatever they're all kind of just like they're showing the goal um because of how good it is and we would never have scored a goal like that last season no it is it is phenomenal what our coach has done actually because it is, it's proper, proper coaching and is giving them the confidence. But also, man, to have that confidence off the back of those league results, I think. Yeah. Uh, we were down bad. 
yeah, it was it, it was kind of like, oh God, have we gone back? Like, yeah, it was before. the fear because we're traumatized from yeah. last season, man. Where honestly, those results were coming against all like we had a run like this last season, but this would have been another like five, six nil. And I genuinely like, I think that's what Arsenal were expecting. I do want to talk about them a little bit actually, just for a moment, because I, I don't know if you agree with me on this, any of you, but I almost felt like they, they came into it with a level of overconfidence. You know, that at any other time, I guess, was probably deserved. But I don't think they thought they had to be too on it to beat us. And I think by the end, when they had all of their attackers on, right, they had Russo and Mead and Meadmar and Lexinius. And do you know what I mean? Like, whoever else they've got. It was like all of them, right? Yeah, like you and I were messaging each other, like yeah, like oh my god, yeah, like like surely Black Stenix is coming on for Russo. No, they're both staying. No, but they were throwing them all on, but it wasn't like nothing was working because it was like they hadn't panicking. Yeah, but they hadn't foreseen the 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 possibility. Basically, they didn't think they were going to need to do this, so it was like they hadn't trained for it. Yeah, I I think they came out with an arrogant mentality. Mm -hmm. I think it was. Obviously, they had a very good win over Chelsea. And I think they probably turn up with an attitude as, oh, we always beat Spurs. So mm. whatever. Oh, midweek was a blip. We're going to win this game. And I think what we have shown, and I think the Manchester the results didn't help because we didn't reflect and show the team that we are. But I think we, we've we managed to send a message, as we did on at Stamford Bridge in, in, in the first game, even though we, we, we lost. We aren't a team to be messed with. You're going to have to turn up to beat us and I think they learned that the hard way and I'm very glad they learned that that the hard way but seeing all of those attacking players on the pitch and the defensive shift that our players put in because it's it's very rare that you'll have three strikers who are at world-class level all within one team like you maybe get two but it's very rare that you have three of them and he chucked them on he chucked on Lacasse Mead was still on the pitch. Like it was generally, he was just taking off his defensive players and throwing attackers on. And I think like Molly Bartrip epitomised that defensive shift. She she was everywhere. Her body was everywhere. She was blocking everything. She said, I'm not conceding the goal today. And I think her leadership as well along the back line, we just, it didn't matter what what, what they did. We were just not going to concede a goal. Yeah, because actually let's, let's talk about the back line because... We started with Molly and Luana Bula next to her and then um, has James Nash Neville either side. But then Luana had to go off after like 20 minutes. So we brought in the, do we, should we say she's mu- the much maligned Amy Turner? Are we now like changing yeah, I how need you to, feel about her, man? I, I, I'll be I, honest did, with I you, do I need to stop she, saying we're finished. I don't, think, I don't think she put a foot wrong, you know. No, she, she, was, she was really good um, and... I think we've also had a lot of debate of whether Has James is a fullback or not. She also had a really, really good game. Excellent. Um, they didn't really get past her. No. Um, and I think that just shows um, how much they've improved, actually, and they're starting to kind of understand their roles. But, yeah, I am usually um, the first to criticise and when we discuss the, men, the men's game, I'll also give my flowers to a defender in the back line who I am also heavily critical of. Um, but I think, yeah. It Cannot was, wait. Uh, <laughs> it was really, um, 
like just pure kind of grit and determination, but not backs against the wall defending, just kind exactly. of uh, you're just going to have to work harder to beat us type of thing. Yeah. I think that I, I, I genuinely feel like we can't emphasize that enough. It wasn't just, yeah, desperate stuff like last ditch would were, were just kind of desperate. Like they, they couldn't get through. And we also, towards the very end of the game, had a chance to go for 2-0. Um, <laughs> the classic, classic Rosella Ian moment. I don't even, she broke through and they, and uh, hadn't their goalkeeper come up as well? Yeah, yeah, she was, she was, she was clean, she was clean through, yeah. she's not slow, it's like, not, the only, I don't know what happens. I can only, I can sum it up is she made a corner flag run, but directly to the goal, <laughs> and then it's, it's almost like, she's like, oh god, I should just shoot here, and that delay that she had in her mind, <laughs> she just got Bless her. it was it just peak, sums up, sums her up. Roz. And I yeah. love that you actually, you've caught that moment, haven't you, on your phone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good job it didn't the, matter. The best, exactly. It didn't matter because at full time, we all, yeah, we laughed, we cried, we hugged each other. I genuinely, I like, I messaged everybody. I was like, Sam, I messaged you guys. I was like, I'm, I was in absolute bits. I genuinely didn't know what to do with myself. And I think, it's so big that it happened at the stadium. I think that's the the sort of final thing I think we should say that I was very much, I don't want to have these games at the stadium. I don't want to have these showpieces because they end up, you know, usually poorly. And then they're also on telly and it just makes us look, you know, like why would anyone want to be involved in this? But actually we've got it. We've got like a proper historic statement win in our stadium and Levy was there and Andrew's next to him, which was very nice. But I think it's quite like it's very cool that Levy was there. And I hope he was like taking notes of how many of us showed up for that game, fully expecting that we were going to get thrashed, actually. And we won. And what you could do if you invest in this team, you know? Yeah, I think we're ahead of schedule probably to where they thought we would be in the summer. But I really hope it's kind of a, Mr. Levy, this is your moment. Like, yeah. this, look at this team. It's, you know, this kind of lost leader uh, bullshit that he keeps talking about with the women's team. Put that aside and invest in this team because you've got a really good manager who, if we also don't give him the ambition that, that we're ready to push forward, he's a very good manager. Uh, other clubs will come, will come knocking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... I hope that was a showcase for him that he can believe in this team because it's all well and good saying, oh, we've improved, we've done this, we've done that, we're playing better football, but then never getting the results. Um, so it was just nice to kind of get this over the line. And yeah, also, I just think it means, I think there will be people who didn't go who who thought, oh, maybe I should have gone. And I think that's what yeah. we've now delivered with that with that time. Well, he's of absolutely gutted. Than... He was like, "Oh man, I can't believe I didn't get to go." Genuinely, and I Worst think was <laughs> Nelly was gutted that she didn't go because it was ah oh, yes, and the reason why, <laughs> why we couldn't go. <laughs> like, I said, I was, I was like, like, "Why don't you want to spend your birthday?" <laughs> <laughs> absolutely incredible. Really? Yes, that's how we know we've got them. And they were like, "Why didn't I spend my birthday watching Tottenham Hotspur?" Um, so now it is, we've got a Christmas break coming up. Um, we're not back until the new year. 
uh, transfer window is open. We've already signed somebody, but also Robert seemed to be suggesting like we've done most of our business already and they're just waiting to announce it, right? Yeah, like I, I don't know what, I just felt like, I feel like I've been slapped in the face. Like, what, yeah. what are we doing? Like, we've done our business early, we've been strategic. What universe is this? <laughs> it's so unlike us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he said that they're done. So I don't know what that means, whether we've like gone to the Swedish league or whatever and picked up some players who would be out of contracts or whatever. But yeah, it seems like, you know, he's going to enjoy his Christmas because his work is done. <laughs> yeah. We need to, to come back. But I think that's just exciting. It, 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 I think we've complained a lot in the past. It just doesn't feel like there's a vision or a strategy or if there is, we can't see it. Um, and it feels like we, we can now. So hopefully the players that, the players that you brought in in, in the summer have done well um, when they've played. So hopefully we just kind of add to that. We get some some of our injured players back. Um, I think we're waiting for that on both sides of the club. Um, and then, yeah, I think we'll just see what happens. We're not actually that far off um, kind of fourth place which is huge yeah um if we could do it so i think if we get the right players in we stay relatively injury free you know we're gonna have a good crack at it so this is it when we all when we get every, i mean this is classic this is what we've, we've all been saying when we get our players back. yeah when, when they will come back in january um but for real when they're back and when because bethany england should be you know properly fit by then as well and then we'll get olga and evelina back and It'll get a few more players in. It's so, like, I'm so excited again. I was pretty gloomy after the, you know, the Manchester games. And now I'm like, we're back. We're better than yeah, that. Yeah, like, better than ever before. Break. Yeah, it's yeah. our next game. One more, yeah. one more. I'm, I'm excited to see Martha and Beth together because that, that's firepower. Like, that's actually true. Like, no, no, every team will fear us because they know that we've got goals within our front line. Um, and yeah, Celine kind of keeps keeps cooking Jess and as this you know the form that she's shown over the last couple of games if she can really get going Grace Clinton you just look and think we're going to score goals and if we keep defending the way that we we did against Arsenal then yeah like we're gonna we're just gonna start flying which is a proper proper team now and so amazing isn't it I just feel like I can't believe this is really happening it feels so good it feels yeah, so it just good feels like that moment like that, I'm not even exaggerating when I like the last time I, I felt like this positive and this sense of achievement for this long after a game was Ajax away yeah like it feels like I've never had that moment like with the women's team yes it's been relief we didn't get relegated or whatever but I've not had that kind of like a this is a moment for, for us as for something for us to remember but also something for us to kind of build on and, and show the type of club that we want to be so yeah happy days yeah, and I and it is it's and it is what I said at the beginning of the pod as well. As I feel so so proud, I don't think I've ever felt prouder of this club as I did in that in that moment and after. And as we're sort of wrapping up this section, when when we were one nil up, and I was like, we're not, you know, I just I couldn't see a way that we would kind of see the game out. Just you know. It, it, I, I just couldn't believe it was going to happen. But I was like, I remember like I messaged you, Laura, and I was like, I don't, I don't care. I'm so proud. And in that moment, I had that, um, that thing that Kulisevsky said a couple of weeks ago where he was like, we just, this is how we play. You play, you whatever you did, you did it with your whole heart and you're not afraid. That's how I felt in that moment. 
and I just carry that feeling with me now. They like that's what they that's what they gave to us. So just credit to those women as well who haven't had the careers. They haven't had it, you know. They haven't been given what the men have been given. Not that the men don't work hard, but it's, I think we can all see that the women have had to work much, much harder to get to where they have and to be given that acceptance, to fight for that acceptance. So this was day, it was a day for us and it was a day for them. So thank you so much, women of Tottenham Hotspur. We are so proud to have you representing us. Sam? Before we move on, um, and if you want to sort of relive some cool moments from the game, um, one of my mates, uh, freelance photographer, he works for Getty sometimes, big Tottenham fan. His name's Tom Cusden uh, with a C, Tom Cusden, I'll say it twice. Um, he took some some amazing pictures um, at the stadium on Saturday, um, some real, really, really iconic images, um, like Martha's knee slide in front of, you know, just limbs in the stands. So go and check him out. He's on Twitter and Instagram. Um, oh my god incredible okay well we'll get I'm some going of that there. i'm um, reliving it in every angle every every whether it's a video photos i <laughs> have not stopped <laughs> like, same same <laughs> so thank you sir. yeah we'll get those um we'll retweet some from the hometown glory twitter account as well i think so everybody can see it um nice. yeah but also the spurs official um spurs women official account has been like going crazy with all of the like different angles and all the rest of it it's been so good We've loved it. We don't want it to end. Um, Billy, welcome. Oh, that was beautiful to listen to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, all right. Let's, now you're here, we can turn our attention to the men of Tottenham Hotspur who went to Nottingham Forest on a Friday night and came away with a 2-0 win. And... I, don't, I sort of don't really know how I'm feeling about this one because it was great that we won, but then we also lost destiny for the next game. And Basuma, you know, for the rest of time, it looks like. Billy, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I'm just glad it's over, to be honest. It was a pretty, mm -hmm. uh, pretty miserable game, wasn't it? Like, um, it, was a, it was a good win, don't get me wrong, but um, a pretty awful spectacle, wasn't it? Like, is that Not our best. Not uh, our best. They're a pretty horrible team to play against. Um, difficult game Friday night, and Swell Sam will tell us what the atmosphere is like. But I can imagine it wasn't very easy to play in. And uh, yeah, just glad to get it over and done with, to be honest, man. Yeah, Sam, you were there. Yeah, I went up with um, with my buddy Joe um, and his mum, Lynn. Uh, like they, they're amazing. So like um, Joe and Lynn go to like every ground in the country, home and away. Oh my god, uh, amazing! So it's just like mother and son just traveling around, being cozy. Um, That's so cool. That's it's so so, so, so cool. Both like so lovely. I work with Joe; he's a legend. Um, but yeah, I went up with them on Friday night, um, and yeah, I like that. That atmosphere took me back. Like, that that's the best home support I've seen. Um, I don't know since. Yes, like that. That was absolutely. Oh wow. Amazing. Is that because he's in? Is that because they like seriously love their manager and they were they're trying to, or just a general? Bit? I think so, but I just think that they're like there's no plastic supporting Nottingham Forest. Mm. Like you're you're there because that's that's your club to the grave, and um, yeah, just the the noise was was phenomenal. Um, 
And and yeah, I think like it, it probably took our players back a little bit. Um, just just hard to get a foot in the game, and like obviously such a like Andrew was saying a strange team to play against. Like we hadn't really come up against someone like that this season. That's you know long throws into the box at any opportunity, um, sort of playing playing a bit dirty, and you know we had our troubles with the referee. That was. I mean, that feels like that's becoming a bit of a theme, isn't it, man? Loads of teams just really rattling us and not getting booked for it. But it it just had, yeah, banana skin all over it. And yeah, it it did have its really sticky moments. Um, Was was very tense. Um, I feel like I've probably chewed my fingernails to the (laughs) to the floor. Um, But yeah, not not the most enjoyable game, but. Uh, sort of once it was all all done, it was was brilliant to be there for it because um, yeah, you never take those away days for granted, and especially when when you get a win there, um, yeah. Oh, oh, what fun it is to oh, what fun it is to to win. Um, I've actually butchered that. Oh, what fun <laughs> it is to put them away. Hey, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll <laughs> take it. That was a sort of yeah. mind mangling game, anyway. To be honest, um, I feel like. We did have some standout performers. I spoke about Kulisevsky earlier and I'm going to talk about him again because I think he is just magnificent at the moment, right, Bill? Yeah, completely. Um, I think it's happening every game at the moment, but um, I thought he was absolutely excellent again and it was weird to see him like have to be shunted back onto the right, but then he also put on one of our best crosses of the season from doing it. So, yeah, he's just unbelievable, man. I think, same happened when we, went, when we played against Luton. He seemed to go like up a level and went down to ten men. He almost it was that sick thing at the end where he took on the whole team again, like he did against Luton. Um, yeah, it's just brilliant, and I just think he's been unbelievable all season. Really, I don't think there's a player in the Premier League that's ran more than him. I think they said at the, on during the game during the commentary um, in the entire league. Um, yeah, it's just been a, a brilliant, brilliant season, and um, baby Decky is on the way, so one to look out for for sure. Yeah, I was like, you you are surely too young for this. But then, yeah, he's got loads of money. One of the things I really love about Kulu is he is quite like an understated dude, but he's obviously got like immense self-belief, hasn't he? Like all of his like post-match interviews, like, yeah, I did this. Yeah, we did this. This was just, it's just what you do. Um, Lauren, are you a Kulu? Fan. Yeah, I mean, I think his, his technical ability alone is fantastic, but like this road runner, like just bags of stamina that he has. Like, we just not, I think he's so reliable because you just, know, whatever situation we're in, we know we can leave him on the pitch mm-hmm. and, and he'll, he'll run and run and run. But I agree, I feel like his mentality is just top. Like, he, he believes in himself, but not in an arrogant way, but he's just kind of like, you can tell, I think, that he's kind of been through the mill of, of a Juve-type club. Um, whereas, and, it, and he's kind of brought that kind of, well, this is this should be my level. Like, he's always like, okay, it's about being consistent. This I know I'm this good, um, but I want to be this good every single game. Um, but yeah, I just... Like, the fact that he's had criticism from parts of our fan base this season is... is ridiculous because his his numbers are there anyway but what he actually does on on a football pitch like for me apart from well you could maybe you could argue Salah there's no one that's been in that position like this season that's better than him yeah I think you're right actually I think he's 
he is just a player who he talks the talk and he walks the walk. Like you hear a lot of players talk about mentality and, you know, we need to learn and we need to do better and we go again and all that stuff. And so many times they just, it just doesn't follow through. But with him, he you can see it game to game, like minute to minute. He keeps pushing until the very end. And I mean, I do I do think this game and this team, in a way, it's sort of it is the story of maybe this isn't fair. Um, but I feel like it is, you can see some of the players are really taking responsibility and some of the players are not. And maybe we'll get into the players who are not taking responsibility, but I do, I do want to stick with the, with the responsible ones. Um, shout out again to Richarlison. Now he, he is showing up again, right, Sam? Yeah, I think just to talk about that goal, um, that that cross was a work of art from Kulisewski. Like I said, mm-hmm. to, like that is such a tough thing to do on a football pitch to to whip a ball with that amount of pace, um, and and to sort of get it to to really spin the way it was, like a like a Roger Federer forehand. Um, oh, oh, what what a perfect way to describe that, Sam! <laughs> oh, that's like a that's delicious. Thank you. <laughs> um, you're a tennis fan, Rosa. <laughs> I am a tennis fan, and I'm a giant Federer fan girl as well. Yeah. The best forever. I will like. There's no argument. I don't care if some other weird um, anti-vax dude has got more Grand Slams. Irrelevant. I agree. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, like. Such a such a brave header from Richarlison to sort of throw himself at that, but my God, yeah, it was was a wonderful goal to see. Um, just yes, so much sort of power and aggression all in one move and and finesse at the same time. Um, but yeah, so good to see Richarlison. Similar to what you're saying about Kulusevski, to sort of look look him in in the eye and see the way he's moving around the pitch, the way he's celebrating goals, just with that um, like raw confidence and and self belief now and um yeah so so good to see him back and have the away and singing his song for yeah 10 minutes straight and and sort of giving him his flowers like he, he deserves because yeah he's he's come out of some tough times as we know um everybody loves a story like this so i'm hoping it's just onwards and upwards with him um from now on we do man i feel like nobody like especially spurs fans love a story like this like no, nobody's as sentimental as we are Oh, um, can I take some time to also talk about Gentle Ben? I'm going to take it. You can give it. To, you can let me have it or not let me have it. But I think again, a magnificent performance. I really do. I think what he, what Ben Davies doesn't have is he doesn't have pace and he doesn't have height. Like he's sort of, he's, you know, like a tall dude for like a regular dude, but he's not tall for a central defender. Those two things he can't do anything about. Everything else he has in spades, I think. And he has massively improved. I know he's like, he's been with us a long time and he's played under many different managers. And I feel like he's learned from every single one of them. And he's always, and I loved what Ange said about him in his post-match interview where he said, you know, whatever you say to him, he will take in. He's such a student of the game. And I think like Billy, you said you can tell Ange really loves him. And I think. Yeah. yeah and I think you can tell that from, from every, all of his managers actually. And when you consider the array of characters that that includes, 
um, you know, Conte, Mourinho, Pochettino, and every single one of them without fail loves him. And I think um, that's five, four or five different managers, loads of different styles, and he's sort of fitted into all of them in, in some way or shape or form. Um, I thought he was really, really good against Nottingham Forest. I think it was probably his best game for a while. Um, and what I, what I think I was really impressed with is how he like he li- lived up to the physicality of it because a lot of our players didn't, to be honest. Um, Forrest were bullying us all over the place, but he was one that didn't really stand for that. And it's not something you necessarily associate with Ben Davis because he's not he's not like the most physical guy. Like he's not the most doesn't have the biggest frame, or whatever. Um, but he was getting involved in the tackles. He was like standing up to them, and he sort of let, set the tone at the back. I thought he was our best defender. Um, yeah, and I'm just really really happy for him because and I'm. Certainly, probably guilty of it. Rose probably, um, probably hated me a few times. I've, I've never really been. One to... I, I have a little book here. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I've never been. I've never been. I've never gone full like you know. Oh, Ben Davis is a symbol of our failure or whatever. But I, I probably have criticised him unfairly in, in past. Um, but he's just so reliable and he's such a great character. Um, and you, if you are, you know. You're going to be successful. You need your characters like Ben Davis. I saw someone call him like uh, James Milner, which I, I think is like a, a decent comparison. Like he's just, I think he's just always going to be around and always reliable. Um, and I certainly think James Milner is, is a big compliment because you know, I mean that as a compliment um, because uh, what well, I think he's been here for ten years now. Um, yeah, and he's been, seasons yeah. is ten. It's season. amazing, really, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, I'm really, really happy for him because he's just like one of the nicest guys in football. I think it's also amazing to consider like he's playing at the you know the, in the toughest league in the world and he's played left wing back left back left center back in a three and now left center back in a, a four um and you know yeah, which in, he never played before until the season yeah exactly and 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 in each position he's made himself you know a premier league starter and and a hell of a good one at that and you know that that in itself is is a massive achievement but then to to be putting in performances like he did um, away at Forest in, in that atmosphere is, um, yeah, something else. So I think, yeah, well done, Ben. Unreal. I, I, I've always been guilty of grouping him with Eric Dyer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I love this. I love yeah, this. I, I, have to, I have to decode I'm so vindicated. <laughs> because I think, yeah, I think Ben has shown that he's adaptable and he's a good squad player. Um but equally, the level that he's showing is, you know, I think we were all kind of like, what are we going to do about Van der Ven? And out of the positions that we haven't had on the pitch, I would say actually, in a way, we've missed Mickey the least. Um, so I think that's a huge compliment to Ben that he's actually kind of stepped up. Very different attributes, but the, the defensive system still works um, within in it. So, yeah, I... I'm not going to apologise, but I will not. I, couple, I will not couple. I will not couple him with Eric in the future. That okay. sounded like an apology, by the way. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> listen, we all get things wrong, and this is <laughs> this is your space to acknowledge it. Um, yes, some of our players did not cope well in this atmosphere. Um, do we have an Eve Basuma problem? I feel like we I do. Think we, I think we have a discipline problem. Do you think that's bigger assume, than just him? Yeah, I think it's bigger yeah. than just him. I think we have, in all fairness, I think Udoji's yellow card just wasn't a yellow card. And I feel really sorry for him that he's now going to miss 
a really tough game <laughs> against Everton and we're going to need him. But I, I, I think we have a discipline issue. I think when I look at some of the cards that we do pick up, whether they're yellow or red, it's just kind of like, why did you make that tackle? Like, you didn't need to do that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Bissouma is, you know, towards the top of that needs better discipline list. But I do think it's it's becoming bigger than just kind of one or two players because it, it's happening to us far too often. We're losing players to injury and we keep losing players to suspension as well. I think it's a shame that it's like the Basim one in particular, that it's not come at a time when we have, you know, uh, an abundance of, you know, defensive midfielders to choose from to like, not not punish, but show him that, you know, you do these things, not only are you going to be suspended, but Benton Kerr is going to take your place for for four weeks now. And you're going to have to earn it back sort of in a position. Whereas, you know, if he wasn't suspended, even if he was giving away niggly fouls or costing us goals, um, that he'd, he'd still probably be starting because we're just so short for bodies at the minute. Um, but yeah, I do agree. I think it was interesting what Ange said about um, the discipline that he doesn't feel as though it's a discipline problem per se. It's more the lads getting used to this style of play and sort of knowing when to to bite in a tackle and when not to. And I think it must be such a, a crazy change from passive Conte ball to this high octane million miles an hour all the time um, that you, you know, you see a player go past you just when you've been throwing in tackles and pressing high that you, your instinct probably is to pull a shirt or to, to leave a foot in. Um, but yeah, I think that, not to to play devil's advocate, but that we've got a very young team, one of the youngest starting teams in in the league at the minute, and hopefully a bit of maturity comes with with more games and learning from lessons like this. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah, yeah, I think um, what Anne said after the game is is pretty much spot on. And I think I think a lot of our red cards, obviously the Basuma was a definite red card, but it's not like it's just like about it's like a timing issue, isn't it? With a lot of our red cards, we're not like we're not going out to like. Um, go and, and you know annihilate players. It's just they're, they're, they're mostly just missed times. And I think when you're sort of defending with our high line and like the defense is like as Sam said, it's like so high octane and so all or nothing. If we don't defend, then they're almost certainly going to score because we don't really have much. Of a, we don't have like a low block to behind it to to go. <clears throat> this is going to happen, and I think it's just going to take time getting used to Ange ball basically. And I think while Ange is here, it's just something we're going to have to get used to because he's not going to change it for anything. Um, you know, he's not going to suddenly sit back deep just because we're getting a few men sent off. This is just part and parcel of what he's about. So um, I think it's something we'll have to get used to. Hopefully the players will get better over time. Um, I also think what Lauren said is true. Like, I think oh, the Basuma one was a definite red card, but like that Udoggy one was never a yellow card in a million years. And then you, you watch like the Liverpool game, for example, against Man United, and that foul happens a few times and no one even gets booked. So then you watch the Aston Villa game versus Brentford and... Um, I think it's an Aston Villa, I can't remember the name, the Aston Villa player that goes, studs up on someone, gets booked, not sent off. It's like the consistency thing is a real, really, really frustrating as well. Um, I think a lot of the accumulative, in particular the yellow cards, are like just, just down some really poor referee. And like we seem to get booked a lot more. And I know there's a few threads on Twitter about this. Um, we get, we, we, you know, I think Nottingham Forest got two bookings and they were both in like the 90th um, in injury time and they were found and all over the place. I do think there's some kind of consistency issue in the decisions as well, which is sort of leading to it, which is like really frustrating. Sam Yates shouldn't even have been on the pitch by that point. 
um, for, for the Zuma to even get get the red card. But I think one of the issues that we are having, because they keep joking about, like on commentary, like players like Romero and whatnot, there's now this perception of our yeah, team um, that has developed that we are now ill-disciplined. So I do, I do think we're also going to become a victim of we're going to pick up more yellow cards because people are expecting it from us. The same way like Arsenal have that problem with Arteta, um, well, because he is an arrogant little shit anyway, but he will keep getting yellow cards now. And I think we're going to keep um, what what isn't given in other games are going to get given to our players because of the reputation we have earned ourselves. And I don't want to go all conspiracy theory, but I do genuinely believe that the as a lasting imprint of that Liverpool game, um, I think is still being felt today because for both ways, one that we seem to be getting a lot more decisions though against us and Liverpool seem to be getting a lot of favourable decisions. Um, so I think that was such a massive, huge cultural refereeing event. It's just still like, even if it's subconsciously, they're still like feeling the, the effects of the bias afterwards. And um, I, I was reading something about like, compared to our number of fouls that we commit versus our number of bookings, it's not proportionate compared to other teams. We're getting books like pretty much almost every single foul um, whereas I think Yates, Nottingham Forest did six fouls against us and didn't get but once, and he even got a foul given against him for all he skipped, and he was the one that fouled him in the first place. So um, the consistency thing is infuriating, but I do think we do need to be generally better at discipline overall. It was a madness being there because I felt like, um, you know, I'm sure as most football fans do, feel like the, the referee is against you or whatnot, but I was I'm turning to Nick, who I was standing with, and just being like, Man, is this is it just me or, or are we not getting anything here this feels like an absolutely horrendous refereeing performance and i walked into that game thinking we are going to absolutely wrap this up because jared gillett's refereeing australian uh <laughs> and we're gonna have a little tag team here and yeah we're gonna it's gonna be like liverpool we'll get about four goals like that and walk away laughing but uh it was the complete opposite now i look very silly Maybe there was like an unconscious bias where he was like correcting himself because he he didn't want to like didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to be seen as being biased. That's what I was thinking. Maybe I, it was I just like, that. oh no, you can't support. But still, do you know what I am? Um, if Liverpool are going to get decisions, then can they just please go on and win the league? Like, just do it. You know, like just make the most of it. Um, if it's not going to be us, if it's not going to be us, yeah, no. yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, one thing I will say is, as low as I am to admit it, um, I do think that is those are the kinds of games and those are the kinds of moments when you do when we do miss Mickey Van der Ven because I think it's it like the speed with which he can recover. We probably like I think it will be interesting to see when he comes back if there is a sort of downturn in the number of cards we get. Yeah, I think that I I was actually thinking that earlier this, today. Actually, I think like someone like Basuma. If he's got Van der Ven, he knows that he doesn't have to like slide in like that all the time. Because yeah, exactly. That's not it's not a shade on Ben Davis either, who's been brilliant. It's just yeah, it's just he literally like doesn't have that pace. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's, it's insane um, what he offers, and it must be like as a midfielder knowing that you've got Van der Ven behind you, you can pretty much get away with whatever you want because it doesn't really matter because you know someone's going to make the recovery. No rules. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not well, that far um, away, man. January, early January, which is like literally yeah, he's back on grass. So. Oh my god, yeah. this is what we need. This I is the Christmas, mean. the Christmas miracle we need. Now, what? Given our situation, what what are we going to do against Everton, man? Like, what's going to happen in our midfield? 
Right. Are we going to be all right? <laughs> we should pray and hope. I don't know if That's we're going to we be all right do. because it's a, it's, they're on a really hot run of form at the moment. They are. Everyone's seen the yeah, goal in four goal. One, yeah. one four in a row. Um, I think that, that also Dan, there's a piece from Dan today um, where he says that, and this is, you know, painful to admit that LaSalle says a doubt again, um, even though it was apparently just a, like an innocuous training injury, he's now going to miss two games in a row, um, which I think pretty much just sums up his entire Spurs career. Um, so I think we're going to be sort of left with like, obviously Saar is going to start and Kulu is going to probably start midfield because I think Johnson's going to be all right. Um, and then I, I don't know, I guess maybe Hoybier or Skip. I, I imagine Hoybier just because Everton are massive in midfield and they're massively dominant. Um, they've got really strong midfielders, they've got Onana and stuff. So uh, it's going to be a bit of a worry, I think, in that area. Hoybier yeah. starting. Yeah, Where do you love to get... hear, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, like his last couple of games, they haven't been great, but I do think his physicality is going to be needed against Everton. And to be honest, I just hope Brennan's okay because I think Ollie Skip grew into the game, but him playing as a 10 makes me feel sick. And there's no getting away around that. I'm sorry, that's not his position. And there's no amount of coaching that's going to make that his position. So we we need uh, either Decky in there. And yeah, if, if Gio can't play, we, we need some sort of creative something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd like, you know, if, if I see Skip in, uh, kind of in the six or Pierre, I'm, you know, I'm not that angry either way, but I, I just don't, I just don't want to see him too close to the attacking play because it just... Yeah, we we need to. We're going to have to be able to shift that ball quickly. I think when we turn the ball over from Everton, um, so we we're going to need somebody um, like Decky in there. I'm just not. I was just really looking forward to it, and now I just feel a bit like oh, I feel really bad for Ange. Can't these players just give him a break, man? Yeah, and then that's obviously the. As again, I'm going off brand here, but the left back issue, like Emerson's going to have to play left back, which is. As as much as I love the guy, it's just not. It's not, it's not the one. It's, it's not, not the one. <laughs> I saw a couple of people say that maybe Emerson will play centre back and Davis will play left back, but I can't see it to be honest because Davis no. is centre back. So I think we're gonna have to be Emerson left back. I'm just I don't know. It's one of those games where hopefully we'll get an early goal because <clears throat> it's going to be like the low block to end all low blocks, and like Sean Dyche is going to be like probably looking at this game thinking it's going to be like the, the perfect scenario for him. We're the kind of team that he loves to play against, like uh, low block, set piece goals, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I just really hope we can get an early Richarlison goal or something. Yeah, Actually, be- Richarlison, yeah. Sorry, Sam, you guys. Just going to say quickly, Richarlison is is a big win for us, mm. especially against Everton. Be yeah, quite spicy. I can see that being being interesting. Uh, and I was just going to say that it's it's probably going to be something like West Ham on steroids. That we'll- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. At least less unpleasant to, you know, if it all goes wrong, they're just like, as a rule, Everton are not an unpleasant club, you know? Yeah, they're the Spurs of the North. So. They are. I'm not mad at them. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not mad at Sean Dyche, whatever. It's all, yeah. It, yeah, whatever will be, will be, I guess. Um, anyone want to give me a quick prediction? Despite what I said, I think we'll win two now. I think okay. we'll just we'll just have too much for them. Um, I mean, on paper, even though there's some slightly scary moments, we're just a much better team than them. Let's be honest. Yeah, forward line anyway. Sam. Yeah, I was going to say two 0 as well. Uh, I know we didn't speak about him before, but um, 
can't see Vicario conceding too many goals. Oh man, that fucking save, man! That fucking hell! What a save! Well, with his feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a player! I fucking love him so much, man. He's Just... the absolute best, man. And nice. shout out for him giving a shout out for Barbara Votakova as well. So that's some good one club synergy. Yeah, we finally have, Love to see we it. Finally have togetherness. I think um, Mathers did a shout out yeah. as well. For even if they're being told Martha to do it, Celine. good. Yeah, yeah. Like, but the thing is, even if they're being told to do it, because it feels like there's a real kumbaya energy at the club at the yeah. moment, it just feels real. Yeah. So I was like, oh, thanks, Mathers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking 3 1. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I just think it just concerns me the amount of crosses that are going to come into the box um, when we play them. But I, I do think we have enough quality going forward. Um, and yeah, I do actually feel, I, I hope, hopefully, Brennan will like bounce back. I do actually feel really sorry for him that he kind of yeah, got horrible. his homecoming. Yeah. They even pan to his dad in the crowd, like with his Spurs gear on, even though they're all like forest through and through. Um, so yeah, I mean the good thing is they have fresh legs, but yeah, I hope he kind of it. Yeah, you know, it, it felt like he was picking up form, so hopefully it doesn't derail him. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm gonna go an uncomfortable two-one. Just because. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, um, we'll, we'll, it'll just be one of those games where I think we'll just have to like live through it and probably. Once it's over, we won't speak of it again. Um, let's move on to culture. Um, Billy, what have you been up to? That time of year, man. It's getting into Oscar season, baby. My oh, nice. Of the year. Yes. Um, so the best picture race is starting to shape up. Um, trying to get my way through all of them that are in, available in this country at the moment. So I watched two films this week, and they're both really good. One is May, December, um, which is Natalie Portman and uh, Julianne Moore. Um, it's is that a Todd the... Haynes? Yeah, it is a Todd Haynes. Yeah, yeah, um, amazing. I'm not, I'm not really too familiar with Todd Haynes' back catalogue. Uh, I need to go and watch them after watching this because this is fucking amazing. I think you would absolutely love it, Rosa. To be he's honest. an amazing uh, director and he's done yeah. incredible work with Julianne Moore before. Yeah, yes. I'm very yeah. excited about this movie. Um, it's really, I, I can't really describe too much into it because I don't want to give anything away. And like the tone of it is really strange, just like nothing I've ever seen before because the, the music is like. Um, it's really, really camp, but then there's obviously about a really, really serious subject. And um, I forget the name of the actor now. Let me just search up really quickly. Um, but he is... Um, the young dude, for, Charles, yeah, the, Charles Milton. It, Charles yeah. Milton, that's it. He's being touted for Best Supporting Actor as well. He's brilliant in it. It's a true story about a woman. Well, it's based on and loosely based on a true story about a woman who started a relationship with a man um, or, or a kid when he was 13 and she went to prison for it. And then they, they continued their relationship afterwards. Um, so it's quite a, a, a difficult subject, but it's a, it's a really, really good film. And there's some amazing performances in it. And I also watched The Holdovers, which is a completely different film to that. It's like a Christmas film. Um, so I'm Paul Giamonti, who's just the best man ever. Um, and it's about like this really grumpy uh, university um, professor who then has to like stay with all of the students that can't get home for Christmas. Um, and obviously it's just like a really heartwarming story and it's amazing. And they're both um, in the in the race for best picture. So definitely two films to look out for. Did you say Paul Giamatti? Yes. I don't like him. You know, you I like have my, oh, like, yeah, you know, I have my like, I, weird... Yeah, like, I like everything actors. Amazing, He's one I of them, yeah. Him <laughs> In the NWA in the NWA film, which I can't remember the name of, um, is straight out of Compton, obviously. Yeah, yeah he's brilliant. Yeah, I, I love everything that he's in. I think he's brilliant. Oh, okay, he's really yeah. good in this film as well. Like really good. It he sounds very nice. Um, he yeah. would definitely be nominated. And again, I'm terrible with names, but there's a there's an actress in it that will also definitely be nominated for an Oscar, who's absolutely fucking brilliant in it. 
Um, yeah, really good film. Lovely stuff. Um, Sam, what have you got? Billy, let's talk about Gen V, man. Yes, man. What a what a show. Smashed it out the park. He finished. Right? He finished it all. <laughs> so good. Oh my god, you raced through all of that. <laughs> how, how good is it? The end. I um I was actually watching it, Rosa, and um I watched the the last episode when it was when it aired, and I immediately texted Ollie. I was like, yeah, "Have you seen it yet?" And he's like, "No." And I was like, "Watch it right now." And then messaged me, and he messaged me straight. The end. That last episode is a fucking brilliant, isn't it? Sam? It's unreal, unreal. Like I, I again, I didn't expect it to be so good. I just I expected it to be like a bit of a spin off, but. It's it's definitely got like better Call Saul vibes where it's like potentially better than the uh, the original. It's oh nice, really and that, the finale is just is outstandingly good. So good, so so good. Um, yeah, like can't recommend it enough. Really, really enjoyed all of it. Um, and yeah, I I think it's probably like a little bit more approachable than than the boys for for just like your average punter which is nice as well yeah it's you just watch like a it classic, if you uh, haven't watched the boys yeah for can. sure you can okay. I, would recommend, yeah. recommend. I recommend watching the boys as well because the, especially for the finale but um it's it's more like teen based isn't it so it's got like just classic teen it's like it's like x because i feel like i could do this do you know what i mean if i wasn't gonna fully watch all of it Sounds I mean, I would like, I would love to say that it's less violent and graphic, but it's definitely not. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not more so, in some ways. Okay. So maybe it's, it's just head, you. You're in or you're out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, just been that really. Um, not, not a whole lot to, to say in other departments. Just big shout out to all my now fellow uh, title fight friends after last week. A few people got in touch. I love this so much. <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, but yeah, man, it's crazy. All these uh, Spurs title fight fans out there. Um, no pun intended, but yeah, it's it's nice to know I'm not alone out there. So I absolutely you. love this for you, Sam. It's <laughs> perfect. Um, Lauren, what have you got for us? Um, so I have been watching Vigil. Um, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm a big Saran Jones fan, so anything that she's in, I tend to be watch it. So, series two just came out. Uh, I don't, I won't spoil it because I binged. I couldn't wait, so I've been on iPlayer and I finished them all, but they haven't all actually been broadcast on TV yet. Um, but series two is quite good. It doesn't relate to series one, but basically, she's a police officer in Scotland. Um, and she goes, the first series she investigated the Navy, because uh, there's some dodgy stuff there. And this time she investigates kind of special forces and intelligence. Um, past, partially set in the Middle East, but I thought it was quite strong for it, like for the BBC, because actually kind of the message towards the end is about kind of, it's quite political in terms of Britain's role in conflict and, oh. and who benefits and, and kind of like a capitalist view um of of war and conflict which well the, the bbc that claims to be neutral even though it isn't i thought well actually that doesn't paint the government in a very positive light um but yes yeah, so i thought it was yeah a good uh, a good series and um oh, i've forgotten her name in game of thrones but john snow's um first missus basically in in the show she's in it as well so yeah rose yeah. what's her uh, rose leslie that's that's it. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that is uh, a good watch on the BBC. Oh, the I do. I like Saran Jones as well. She's a really, really, really good actor. Always brilliant. Okay, cool. Because I sort of missed, like, I missed the first season. I, just, I can't remember. This is one of those things that kind of passed me by. And now I feel like I'm being kind of like the second season. I'd see trailers for it everywhere, and I'm like, oh. So, how many episodes is it? Uh, 
six. Okay, so, so very doable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can you, you can do them. I literally watched three yesterday, last night. Oh. So it's fresh in my mind. But um, but but yeah, I think like I think most things that surrounds in like even though the the characters she plays aren't that different, but yeah, she's very watchable. I feel like she's like of her generation of. British actors, she's definitely up there. So I appreciate, so, yeah. like, she projects a lot of competence, which I really appreciate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a genuinely, like, massive compliment coming from me. Like, I like these people. I like competence. I like responsibility. That's, that's, that's the vibe I am into. So, yeah. Okay, cool. I might have to check that out. Um, anything else? No, uh, music wise, I, well, I went to see, um the Beyonce concert in film which I did actually go to the concert but it was quite cool seeing it at a different angle and kind what of how they put is the it, show together is it recorded over different nights or is it yeah like yeah one so night? they've got no no so they've it's kind of got different elements from different shows but our stadium actually features in one of the nights yes. that was recorded so we, yeah because we I went I went there, there as well so nice yeah nice so and... no but it's quite it's quite like honestly the amount of work she did it over like I think she, it was four years they planned that Mm-hmm. um but yeah it's kind of fantastic and then also um kind of links to kind of her upbringing and and bringing marginalized communities together and and, and kind of the reason why she brought that album out now in her life and then you kind of see blue ivy because she started dancing on the tour and kind of her journey so yeah it's very nice but then i have been listening to a lot of beyonce mm-hmm. um kind of just reliving it never a bad to, thing to never the, a bad thing the film. but uh, yeah i don't know if it's still on in the cinema but uh but yeah, it's a it's a good film. Yeah, man, Beyonce just doesn't fuck around when she like again. She's a person when she does something, she seriously does it. Man. Yeah, like yeah. the the amount of detail that she's mm-hmm. involved in, like even down to like lighting, like you re- like it it is it was a fantastic spectacle. But I think there are certain artists where they're so successful because they work so hard, like they take so much responsibility and accountability for what they they put out there. And like she's definitely one of those artists. Yeah, Beyonce. Ben Davies, very similar vibes, very similar vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I hear them in the same sentence. <laughs> um, I have done like no- nothing cultural at all this week. It's been an absolute disgrace. It's just for me that time of year, just too much other stuff going on. Literally just Strictly Finale, Alien Vito 1. I'm a very happy girl as a result um so is ellie because she got a glitter ball and she got veto so well done to her i do just want to give a shout out to one of our listeners dean i think it is who messaged me after i talked on the pod last week about um i was asking if anyone so i was talking about listening to a pod about iran and if anyone had any recommendations about um things to read about Iran and specifically more to do with the women life freedom movement. And he was very cool and messaged me with um, a book and a podcast um, that was more from the Kurdish perspective, but that is very key to um, the women life freedom movement because the woman who was murdered at the beginning of it all was actually a Kurdish woman. And so those struggles are very interlinked. Um, so thank you so much. I have started listening to the podcast and it's really, really interesting. It's called Women and War. And she talks about a bunch of d- different different struggles of different countries. But this specific one I was listening to is about Kurdish women. And then she's also written a book and I'm definitely going to get into that. So thank you so much. It's really cool to have listeners who like 
give us their recommendations. We really massively appreciate it. Um, thank you so much, guys. A pleasure as always. Lauren, thank you so much for just being with me and indulging in all of our glorious North London Derby win chat. We dedicate this one to our heroic women who won that for us on Saturday. Um, Billy, will you see us out? And just to finish, I just want to read a tweet from uh, Sean Walsh. Um, it says, um, which we will retweet on our page. It says, earlier this month, we lost lifelong, we lost lifelong Spurs fan Charlie Brookfield shortly after his 25th birthday. His passing has shocked our community to the core. Against Everton on Saturday, could we get a clap going in the 25th minute in his honour? And Charlie was mad about Tottenham and his loss is a devastating one. If anyone has a spare amount, you can donate to his family's GoFundMe page. Um, so RIP Charlie. Um, and if anyone is going to the Everton game on the 25th minute, we'd really appreciate a clap. Up the Spurs. Mm-hmm.